John chapter 1 is a really interesting chapter. Uh, John starts off with a bang, and it's a fantastic way to get your attention and to pull you towards the mysteries that are held in the incarnation, in the Christ child. I think it's one of those reasons why uh, often when someone expresses an interest in learning about Jesus, people hand them a copy of John's gospel because it's in this gospel that we see we see so clearly who Jesus is and we see the miraculous things that he did. And, and our scripture passage this morning sort of sets the stage for all that is to come in that book. And I'd like to ask you to please stand as you're able for the reading of the gospel. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your word and for the light of the world that we see in Jesus. I pray that what I say would be pleasing to you and that we would be encouraged by the hearing of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, we did it. We journeyed to and through Christmas Day. And now we're on the other side of that special day, living in the aftermath of a world wherein someone extremely special has arrived. You all spent, I'm sure, in your own personal lives, many hours and days and possibly weeks preparing for Christmas Day. With all the work and all the fun that that entails, but pre preparation is almost required. And it's, that, and it's that preparation and anticipation of Jesus' arrival that has also marked almost everything that we've done as a church over the last four weeks. We lit candles and quoted scriptures every Sunday morning to set the stage for the weeks of Advent to look forward to the day of Jesus' arrival. We decorated the sanctuary with beautiful decorations and seasonal colors, and, uh, and uh, we also um, looked celebrated in that way with flowers and the Christmas trees that are around the church. Many of us participated in parties with our small groups, 
or in special uh, Advent Bible studies that counted down the weeks, all in service of, an, of building anticipation for Christmas Day, for Jesus' arrival. As a church, we collected gift cards, warm clothing and toys to help the less fortunate prepare for Christmas, and generosity. That was the prevailing mood during that time. And that anticipation continued to build as we approached Christmas Eve, where we gathered together with family and friends, with some of our family that traveled from far off, and with guests who maybe have never been here before, but all gathered to sing and pray and worship Jesus at his big arrival. So much time, so much planning, so much excitement and anticipation. And now we're here. Christmas has come. Jesus has arrived. What's left for us to anticipate now? Many times, the anticipation of something arriving is more exciting than the reality of what arrives when the time actually comes. But thankfully, that's not the case with the arrival of Jesus. As our scripture shows us today, the reality of Jesus far surpassed anything that the prophets could have previously anticipated or that we could have anticipated in our own lives. People were expecting a Messiah one day. Someone's going to come and fix all the problems of Israel. Wrongs are going to be made right. Justice is going to reign. Enemies are going to be destroyed. And a new king was going to reign, to reign on a throne forever stepping into an exalted and prestigious role. So the people were left anticipating a status and a new role that would come from the birth of the Messiah. They weren't looking towards how, how the arrival of the Messiah was going to change their status and their lives. But John 1 lets us know that Jesus' arrival played out differently from the expectations, and as he stepped into his earthly role, Humanity stepped into a new role as well. John says, he came and was rejected. But for those who received him, who believed on his name, he gave the power to become children of God. And that place that we gained as a child of God, that's so important for understanding how we are to approach Christmas and its aftermath. We're supposed to approach it with a sense of childlike wonder. Christmas has given everyone the opportunity to live as children of God. And that important bit of information is as important as any other information you're going to encounter in the Bible. We get to act and live as children of God. That's what Christmas brings. And it's great because Christmas is primarily focused on children anyway. As adults, we get to enjoy all the joy that Christmas brings to children We get to see them embrace the sights, the smells, the food, the decorations, the gifts. And that activates something in us as well as we get to enjoy their joy and to feel those memories brought back up in our soul as well. The anticipation is such an important part of Christmas. And it can be a little bit annoying if your kids, if if the children in your life start begging for like two weeks before Christmas to open presents. May have happened a little bit in our house. We made it through it. And, and, and Christmas was great. Uh, but even, even with that, some of the best memories can be made at Christmas. 
As I was writing this sermon, I was thinking back on those times in my life as a child that, um, that Christmas, those Christmas memories that stick with me, spending time with my grandparents, some who are no longer here, getting to enjoy their company, getting to enjoy uh, the food and the excitement, and yes, the gifts. And if you think back in your life as well, I'm sure that you're going to pull up some good memories like that. The excitement, the waiting, the dreaming of what was coming. Those Christmas breaks were special, and I yearned, so yearned for Christmas to arrive. And it's a little different as an adult, as I look at the days melting away on the calendar with a sense of excitement and maybe a little bit of dread, as you're wondering, like, how are you going to put it all together? Where have the days gone? But for children, uh, time drags on and on and on and on. The anticipation of what's to come just almost takes over all other parts of life. What would happen if we were able to channel that level of yearning and anticipation for the gospel Christmas gift that God has wrapped up in the person of Jesus? The gift that was given to us, but what exactly have we received? John tells us what what Jesus brought into the world at Christmas, a gift of word and light. John uses this metaphorical language, but when you start to dig into what he's talking about, it becomes pretty clear what Jesus brought to the world. Jesus is called the word of God in this passage. God created the world. He spoke it into existence through the word. And when it was done in time, the word was spoken again as the word came to earth as a gift to us from, Jesus, from God, wrapped up in the person of Jesus. The word took on human flesh, walked the earth, and brought words that contained the power of God to bring creation of new life through him and also change to all those who encountered and believed. John gives us a lot of examples of Jesus using his words to effect change. There's the story of him taking control of, uh, at a wedding and turning the water into wine uh, to forgiving sins and then speaking healing words to the person that he just forgave this person's sins. But he also says, to show you that I have this power, I'm also going to tell you to, to rise up and walk. And the man gets off of his mat and dances and praises God and takes those first steps uh, being completely healed. The power that was used by Jesus to affect so much positive change. Words are powerful. Yet sometimes we do lose sight of the power that our words have, the power to create poetry, music, stories, to encourage and build one another up, to build up a friend when they're struggling, and to birth new relationships. The power that words give us to forgive one another, or to ask forgiveness when we need it. Words are powerful. And Jesus gave us the gift of his words. Jesus taught and used his words to change the world and left those words with us. He taught us the way that we are to live lives that are fulfilled by fulfilling God's desires, to love him in a way that shows love to others. Words that challenge, words that comfort, words that when they're internalized, 
change everything. Jesus called, Jesus was called the Word by John, and it's through the teachings that we find in the Gospels that he spoke and revealed the mysteries of God to a world that wasn't always ready to receive those mysteries. And sometimes we're still not ready to hear them. But they've reverberated throughout the thousands of years since Jesus first spoke them. A Christmas gift that keeps on giving. A gift for the children of God who became the children of God when Jesus was given on Christmas. John also calls Jesus the light of all people. And it's fitting that light plays such an important role in Christmas. We put them up on the Christmas tree. Uh, We decorate our churches and the stores are decorated with them. We put them on our houses and some brave souls even put them way up high on their roofs, which always impresses me uh, because that's not where I'm climbing around. Uh, uh, And and then we also uh, use them to cheer us up, to brighten the mood in those days where the, the times where the days are so short. It's like you wake up and it, the sun comes up and then it's over in a flash and the nights can be really long. So we use, we use Christmas lights and it's a way and it cheers us up. And light is a perfect way to describe what Jesus brought to the world. This light metaphor that Jesus uses works in a couple of ways. First, John writes that Jesus was the light of all people. And that much is true. Jesus did come to minister to all people as the light has the ability to enlighten everyone. And in that sense, Jesus is functioning as a source of enlightenment. Enlightenment as used by John, it's a word that conjures up feelings of new understanding, of insight, and new knowledge. And that's what Jesus brought. He brought enlightenment about God and God's nature. Jesus came as God in the flesh, and he taught us and left a witness of God's true nature as a nature of love. And it was knowledge that transcended all the knowledge that we've had of the divine before. It really changed things. Jesus, what we hear and read about Jesus as God in flesh walking the earth It's not the first tales or legends that you hear about a God coming to earth. You see it in ancient religions, uh, but those stories play out so differently from what we know happened when God came on this earth. In uh, In the other ancient legends, we hear of God's coming in power, of coming and to scheme or consort with other humans, and getting up to all sorts of other questionable activities. They make for entertaining stories, but they don't change what we know about God. But Jesus, he didn't come, uh, come in, in bolts of lightning and thunder and causing chaos. Jesus came wrapped in the body of a little child and then grew into a man that taught us about God's love. And out of that love came sacrificial action that ultimately taught us that God's love is able to transcend and overcome all obstacles, even the obstacles that separate humanity from the divine. Jesus came as God with us and then left a record of his teachings that help us relate and follow God more closely. John also describes Jesus' light as the light that shines in the darkness and that the darkness was not able to overcome. With that light 
filling the space that darkness once occupied, darkness can be driven out. And we need that constant work of light to shine into the dark places in our world. We all encounter those times that seem so dark, but Jesus' light can shine and drive all of that out. And there's plenty of places in the world that need that light. And we're told as believers that we are able to take that light to others. And that is important to share God's love and the light and truth of Jesus to a world that needs to hear it. That's important. But what if we took the camera and zoomed in a little closer to our own lives, where we currently are at the moment? Is there something going on in our lives that we need the light of God to illuminate? Jesus brought light to the world, the entire world. So we don't have to fear the darkness that can dwell in our lives sometimes. The darkness that sometimes bogs us down and we find ourselves wanting to just lay in it, to wallow in it, to live in it for a while. The darkness that comes from addictions, depression, sickness, pain, the sickness of of people that are close to us and the pain that that causes or those things that are in our hearts that we fear that others might find out about and will make them think less of us or change the place and status that we have in the world. But Jesus' light can pierce all darknesses, even the darkness that dwells in our own lives. Maybe we'll find that the light completely drives out the darkness, or maybe it's going to work like a little beam of a flashlight illuminating our steps as we walk through the darkness. And even if that is what happens... The case is is that the light is still a companion, a guide, a comfort. How Jesus' light presents itself in our own personal lives might look a little different depending on our circumstances, but his light is truly the light of all people. And that's what I want to leave you with in this post-Christmas world. God is active here and now. We are God's children because of Christmas We are given the opportunity to follow his son, the word, and the light. Don't just dwell in the dark places in your light. Invite God's light in. Share in the light of all nations as he becomes the light of your life. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for giving us the light of Jesus Thank you for promising to guide our steps and to lighten all the darkness. We thank you that your light is not able to be driven out by the circumstances of life, the dark places that we might encounter. Guide our steps. Lead us. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.